again for another Accelerate Recovery podcast. With me, as always, is the founder of the future of recovery. He is Bart Jamison. I am always Cody Stutes. And Bart, we got a fun one planned for the folks today. Yeah, I'm really excited about today. Um, we have our, our uh, episode three, I believe, uh, uh, co-host as well, Ray Martinez with us from uh, California. And he. we also have our, our guest, Brandon Albin. And he is, has some great stories. Um, he used to be in the NFL as well. He's gone to, to LSU, Clemson, and he just has some great, great stories we're going to get to. He has his own business, and we're very excited to have him around. So um, it's going to be a great episode today. Brandon is the COO and co-owner for Integrated Health, and uh, we're happy to have him on the podcast today. Brandon, thanks for joining us. Oh, definitely excited about it. This is good. This podcast is probably going to win an award now because you were at LSU. They win a national championship. You're with the 49ers. They go to the Super Bowl. Uh, you're on the Accelerate Recovery podcast. I, I, we got to figure out where we're going to put the hardware. Definitely. They say I got the rabbit's foot for sure. There you go. Oh, yeah. There you go. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about Integrated Health, and then we'll dive into some of the history, how you and Bart know each other. But tell us a little bit about Integrated Health, which is uh, sort of your baby, as I understand it. Yeah. So about a year ago, I got out of athletic training and started a company, Integrated Health Management Solutions. And what we, what we were was an occupational health management company. So we went in, you know, we took this, the sports knowledge and took it into the everyday employee and doing, you know, doing muscle cell assessments and injury prevention programs and wellness programs. Well, when the COVID, COVID hit, uh, you know, nobody went to work. So we no longer had the opportunity to go in and do these programs. So we kind of pivoted and I'm kind of excited about it. We launched a mobile lab unit. And so basically we partnered with a, a service organization, a nonprofit veteran organization. And we're utilizing retired vets with medical backgrounds to do testing. And we built out a mobile lab with all the equipment needed to do on-site processing. And, you know, we're launching them around the country and they pull up to a site and, you know, we can test about a thousand people a day for the COVID with the PCR, the nasal swab, you know, the one where they touch the brain. So we're doing that kind of testing now. Um, we're excited about it. You know, we got a big rollout coming in August. We're trying to get all 50 states, even the Bahamas. So it's, it's a pretty cool little uh, adventure we're going on. You know, going from taping ankles to learning everything there is to learn about a lab has been a big, big undertaking, but it's been exciting for sure. That's awesome, man. That's a that's a that's hey, that's a great pivot. And look, you've pivoted a couple of times in your career. We'll go through the history. But Bart, tell us a little bit about uh, how you know Brandon, how you hooked up with him. Well, I, I know Brandon through Ray Martinez, our, our old guest. Uh, who we, we all worked at the 49ers together, so we all have a lot of mutual contacts. Um, just I've heard so many stories about Brandon. He was like a legend when I got there. Um, Ray, Ray knows him really well. Um, I'm, Ray, were you all together at Clemson? So, yeah, Brandon, uh, Brandon had already got done with all of his, his uh, schoolwork. He did, he did his master's at Clemson, and I had met him uh, while I was still in undergrads. We actually – she showed up to the 49ers on the same exact day. Um, so, and then it all kind of unfolded from there. Yeah. So we, I, I ended up going to Clemson kind of because of him and, uh, and our boss there. So uh, Brandon helped me out in a, in, a, in a little bit there in that sense. But yeah, it, it was a wild ride. Brandon, what do you think? Bar calling you a legend in the in the athletic training circles. I, I like it. Hey. Yeah, a legend, the lucky rabbit's foot. How many nicknames do you have? 
Hey, look, if it was a legend, you'd have taken angles. I think a legend, a legend is a loose term. Yeah. <laughs> it's a legend for uh, off the off the field reasons, I would assume. Uh, I enjoyed myself a little bit in California. You know, it was a new state for me. South Louisiana, all over the West Coast. I had to figure it all out, you know. Hey, I understand that. Yeah. I'm a little crazy too, Ray. <laughs> yeah, we, we've heard a few stories from uh, – from uh, both Bart and Ray about uh, enjoying the California life a little bit. So, Brandon, you mentioned it from Louisiana. Um, You were in school, I guess, and then decided, hey, maybe this athletic training thing's for me. You're at LSU, and you decide, okay, well, maybe I can help out the football team, and it just so happens uh, the football team's pretty darn good when you're helping them out. Yeah, definitely. So when I got to LSU, I'm sitting in orientation. I'm like, I don't know what I really want to do. And these athletic trainers come in and do their presentation. Like, oh, you get to be on the field, do all this stuff. Well, you know, then it turned out to lug in water every day at practice as a student, which was a little bit different than I thought, but it was still awesome. So I chose to do it. And fortunately, that 2007 season with Les Miles as the coach, you know, we went in and we went into double overtime for our two losses. So, I mean, it was, it was a crazy year. And going into the SEC championship, no one thought we had a chance to go to the national championship. But I had sat at home and devised this whole plan on how we would do it. You know, I was they said I was drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> the whole team knew about it. You know, we, we had to win the game. West Virginia had to lose the 100th year of the backyard brawl against Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh. And they happened to lose it, I think, 10-7. to 7. Pat White was the quarterback. He broke his oh, wrist wow. in the game. Like, it was just this amazing, you know, they should have never lost. It's an amazing kind of turnaround. And then, you know, the next, after the SEC championship, we were playing our manager versus trainer flag football game. Oh, and the yeah. trainers always won, so we ended up winning that. And we were in there during the selection show, and we actually got picked to go to the national championship. And the grad assistant, my boss, looked at me and goes, well, you ain't going to do anything for the game now. You just get to stand on the sideline. That was the bet. <laughs> so if we make the national championship, I don't have to work it. I can just stand on the sideline and be a fan. Wow. And so That's day, incredible. Coming in with little 99-cent packets of Kool-Aid and throwing them at me because I was drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome and and for those who don't remember my goodness that 07 lsu team uh was just loaded with guys who would eventually play in the league as well as who they played in the national championship that ohio state team so i gotta imagine that was a uh a pretty fun experience and it was worth all those uh days carrying water practice Oh, for sure, for sure. And me and Glenn Dorsey, so I, I worked on the defense a lot, so me and Glenn Dorsey got pretty close. That's my boy. To be a pretty, That's my boy, okay. Brandon. Oh, yeah, I mean, him, yeah. we grew up playing Little League together. He could so be everybody's was, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he, um, he, we were close, so, you know, that was awesome just to experience with him. And then he actually, on his visit to the 49ers before he signed, was like my last week there. And he walks in the training room. Eight years later, he's like, B, what's up? You're here. I said, well, I'm on the way out, but you need to go ahead and sign here because you'll love it. (laughs) That's funny because, I mean, eventually uh, Glenn tore his ACL when I I was there, and I was the one who kind of, like, was able to, like, the PT just handed him to me and let me do his his ACL rehab. And I have his jersey actually hanging up in my – my man cave, Glenn Dorsey. That's great. Small world. That's that's the kind of things that happen, Cody. Like, oh yeah, everybody's connected somehow. Oh yeah, look, he was our little league rival, and he used to have to weigh in before the games, and if he weighed too much, they wouldn't let him play in little league football. <laughs> Big putt. That's great. That's great. So, from the LSU Tigers to a different Tiger, 
you popped over to Clemson. Tell us about uh, heading over to Clemson. Obviously, Ray mentioned that uh, you guys crossed paths at Clemson. Tell us about your time at Clemson and, and what that experience was like. Yeah, so, you know, I was looking at grad schools, and I walked into the head of the trainer, Jack Marucci, at LSU's office, and I was like, look, Florida or Clemson? He said, well, if you go to Florida, don't come back in this room. <laughs> so I said, all right, I guess, I guess Clemson it is then. So we show up at Clemson, and I walk in, and I walk into my apartment, and there's a bunch of Ohio State gear just hanging up everywhere. And I'm like, okay, what did I just move into? Sure enough, the grad assistant that was a year ahead of me that I lived with, he was on the sidelines in 07 with Ohio State as a student trainer when they lost. So that was a good, nice little <laughs> rib to start off, you know, grad school with. And, you know, were, I were, you ring, were you ring every day? Oh, no, I didn't. I rub it in a couple times, but, you know, we, we had to have a good relationship. He's now the team chiropractor for Clemson. So he actually oh, wow. really well for himself. Yeah. But uh, I ended up working track and field, and we had a nationally ranked track and field team. Uh, Brianna Rollins, who just won the gold medal in the 100-meter uh, hurdles for the Olympics, she was on the team. She won her first national championship coming off a stress fracture in her back that year with me there working with her and stuff. So that was an exciting time. And then that summer I moved over to football and got to, you know, hang out with Dabo and the crew. Uh, so that was it, – it was a great experience being over there for sure. Um, a whole, it's kind of a similar field to South Louisiana. So, I, you know, I was still in my comfort zone, feeling like home, staying in the Tiger, small town, you know, before I made the jump to the big city. Now tell me a little bit about track and field because – you know, Bart, obviously, with his time in the NFL, time in Major League Baseball, we talked with Ray about, you know, NFL, college football. You, of course, with the college football, we'll talk the NFL here in a minute. We've had a basketball guest. I don't know that we've really talked about track and field, but to walk us through sort of, you know, we talk about recovery a lot on this podcast. Walk us through, you know, the, the track athlete recovery because, look. You know, I like sports, but I don't know anything about track. I know they run really fast and they run straight, and sometimes they got to turn. Okay, <laughs> walk me through learning about these track athletes. Lots of different levels, lots of different kinds of track athletes. You talked about hurdles. There's sprints, obviously. Tell us a little bit about dealing with the track athletes that you dealt with and how you know unique their recovery process was. So definitely. So it's it's all about being a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> First and foremost, no, I mean, it's a lot. So, I mean, you think about it, they, they are very in tune with their bodies as most athletes are, but even more so for them. And so you can get a, you know, track athlete better in our eyes, but to go from a 10, 400 to a 10, 200, there's not much as an athletic trainer you can really do. Right. But they're used to running those, you know, 10, 200 meter dashes. And now they're running 10, 4, 10, 5 and something just don't feel right. And they're coming to you every day or trying to get out of this or pulling out of meets. And, you know, you just got to convince them to trust the process and keep going. and You'll get back there, you know. So it was a lot of interaction with the coaches and, the, you know, it's a, a lot of modified practice because, you know, they pull a lot of hamstrings. So what do you do? You can't make them run every day. But what do they do every day? They run. You know, there's no other way to really train. Right. So, I mean, it was, it was a huge challenge. It was awesome being a first year certified athletic trainer, you know, experiencing that, having to go through the whole process. You know, you got the cross-country athletes who you know, they're going to run on any broken bone. It don't matter. They just want to run. But then you got the sprinters who are like the prima donnas. So you get every personality mix in there. So it was a fun, fun experience. I would never do it again. <laughs> so, Brandon, how important was, like, just, like, recovery and nutrition for um, not just those track athletes, but in your experience 
like overall, like the, the need, the, the need for nutrition and, and supplementation, um, it, for those, that, those athletes and all athletes in general. Yeah. So it's huge. I mean, it's, it's kind of the, the biggest piece that's, you know, that's coming out now, you know, more so than, I mean, obviously the body's going to heal and you want to give it as many advantages as possible. And nutrition's a big piece that in recovery here, what would you jump into? So my experience being at the, the elite levels for so long, when I got to you know, McNeese State and South Carolina State later on my, my career and even Southeastern as a head guy, they had no options available for any of that. I mean, if we had a cold tub at South Carolina State, we were lucky. If we had any recovery device, and you know, Norma Tag or, I mean, nutrition was the peanut butter and jelly I went and bought from the store and put out for them, you know? I mean, it was, it was just very, very minimal resources. So that's what I pushed for later on. You know, as, as a head and a director, I pushed for grant money and I built nutrition centers at two of the schools I was at just because they needed it. And they saw vast improvements once all that got in place. You, you, I'm glad you mentioned that McNeese State and South Carolina State. That is not the SEC. That is not the ACC. They do not have giant TV contracts that funnel bunches of money in there. They don't have big, uh, you know, endorsement deals with different athletic gears that funnels a bunch of money in there. I mean, you are making it work with what you got. You talked about, you know, not, not only the nutrition and the lack of equipment, but just kind of, you know, take us a little bit deeper inside that because, I, you know, we just think, hey, college athlete, oh, school's paid for, everything else taken care of. And that might be the case at some of those big schools, some of those really nice schools, but those smaller schools – that the guys are playing probably not for the NFL future. You know, maybe a guy every now and then's got an NFL future, but there's a love of the game. And then, you know, everything else outside the game, we don't see, we don't hear about until someone like you takes us sort of inside one of these things. Definitely. So I'll give you one, one, one story to McNeese. So my, our first game was against South Florida. It was in the Buck stadium. And, you know, the way it works there, you know, they don't have the money. So we, we had a charter to Tampa and it's a state bid contract. So it's a low bid contract. So we're low bid charter plane. You don't know what you get. We pull up to the airport and there's a, not a logo on the plane. You know, you're lucky if it's going to rattle all the way there, right? So, you know, everybody's nervous. All these kids never flown before because, I mean, they're McNeese. You bus everywhere, right? So, you know, I'm having to calm kids down, get them on the plane. We get over to Tampa, stay in a, a decent little hotel. And, you know, we go out there and we end up beating South Florida. By 30 points, the largest margin of victory in a F- FCS versus FBS team in the history, right? Awesome, awesome experience, you know. And they kind of put them on the map, and they've done well with that. You know, having that right there got a lot of donors, but still, you get back, and, you know, they have two shirts to work out in, you know, like that's all they get for the whole year, you know, one pair of shoes, like one pair of cleats. I mean, it's just, you're just stuck, you know. And then I, I'm like, all right, this is bad. Well, I left, and I went, ended up in South Carolina State which is HBCU that it just went through a whole, you know, loss of students and all this. And now, now I'm like, all right, what am I going to get here? And I walk into the training room and I'm by myself. It's me and football. That's it. You know, one person, maybe two students some days, you know, so it was hectic. Well, we ended up playing Louisiana tech and they couldn't afford to fly. So we had to bus. So we leave. So we, we, we started, we started off at central Florida, bus to Orlando, come back, you know, got beat obviously. Then we get on a bus 16 hours to Louisiana Tech, get down there. We're supposed to play at 7 o'clock, getting the rain delay. They can't leave because we lose our guaranteed money. We kick off at 11 p.m. 
get off the field at 2.30 after getting beat by 30 points. Yeah, you're right? not looking that game. 16 hours back, <laughs> get back. And you know who we played the following week? Clemson. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 77 to nothing on that they, one. They needed to recover. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. So, so recovery, <laughs> recovery tools were definitely needed. You know, we were fortunate that no one really – had any major injuries, which was good. And South Carolina State, I mean, while I was there, we had five draft picks in the two years I was there. So, I mean, it's, you know, they had some talented kids for sure that just worked through the grind and, and through the mess. And, you know, I mean, the weight rooms were just, I mean, it's like a high school weight room versus, you know, college weight room from, from each university. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I will say that the, the kids at McNeese State didn't, they, I definitely should have realized how much of a benefit it was to have someone like Brandon coming in because he had been at LSU and Clemson and he saw what it like what what it takes to you know to recover and be better and what they what it, what's needed you know he was he didn't get I will say that I did go visit Brandon <laughs> when I was on my way to uh, Clemson I saw where he was living I saw what McNeese State I saw what it what it entailed um, so they definitely benefited from a guy like Brandon seeing what it what it needs and what it takes to to kind of elevate a game. And although, although he, I, you know, you at McNeese, you're not going to be an LSU or a Clemson, but everything he said that he started a nutrition program and all that stuff and got those guys and he saw a big difference. They, they definitely a hundred percent benefited from a guy like Brandon coming in. Well, that's something that interesting. And I, I asked sort of all you guys, Ray, Bart and Brandon, um, when you don't have the equipment, how valuable is it to at least have the knowledge to know the direction you're going to go with some of the recovery, the, and, you know, Hey, I may not have this, you know, fancy equipment, but I know this guy needs X, Y, and Z and we'll make it work. How valuable is at least having the knowledge, even if you don't have the equipment going forward. So it makes the buy-in a whole lot easier, right? So when, when head coach hires you and reads your bio to the team, they're immediately like, Oh, okay. This, this guy knows something. Right. So now they come to you and they want to learn what they need to do. Right. How much they need to sleep, you know, what they need to be taking. They bring you every supplement they've ever bought at GNC. You know, the buy ins a lot. If you tell them to be there a certain time or this many times, the buy in was a lot easier. And the rapport that you build came a lot faster just with the background. So that was what was always nice for me. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on it, too. Like, uh, it's all about educating the athletes and really educating the customer, whoever we're just trying to bring education to, to the people we're trying to help because a lot of people just don't know what to do, especially at those lower-level schools. They're the, they may be small town. They don't get – they might not even have a GNC. They might not even, like, like, have a lot of access to the things that we're really used to. So just really education, really in our field and um, – and really just in this in, in uh, nutrition in general, you have to educate really well for people to buy in, like Brandon said. Well, I think something, too, that Bart's trying to bring to the folks, and I'm sure, Brandon, you, you sort of part of your mission statement as well, um, is, hey, this is what, what we teach these athletes, eating right, sleeping right, stuff like that, not just for athletes. You know, the folks listening to this, probably not in the NFL, you know, probably not going to the NFL. Probably just go to their gym two, three times a week, get a little workout in. Maybe they have like a run club or something. But the information, the knowledge, the taking care of yourself, it's an every person thing. It just can be applied to high-level athletes to take them to the next level. Well, you can apply it to a, a person to take them to the next level too, just a regular average person. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. 
All right, Brandon. So we talked about your time in college. You spent time in the NFL. And again, we talked about that rabbit's foot. You're with the 49ers. When they go to the Super Bowl, tell us about that year with the 49ers. When did you think, okay, this is big game possible. This is a team that can take it all the way. And uh, maybe I have some questions about how crazy uh, Harbaugh is too. Yeah. So uh, I was fortunate enough to have Ray there with me. You know, he was, he was just a preseason intern ended up getting to stick around for the whole season, which was pretty awesome. Cause you know, he kept me sane during that whole craziness, <laughs> but uh, they, uh, the team was just loaded from top to bottom. I mean, it just, it just had been, you know, they had had some experience before and, you know, you could tell they were on the verge Right. And Harbaugh, I mean, every player tells you he's he's a college coach, the way he ran the program. And it it reminded me of LSU and Clemson scheduling wise. I mean, them guys were there longer than they'd ever been. You know, we had guys coming in from other teams saying, I'm off at three. Why are we still here at six? Right. (laughs) So, well, you know, and so they all had the buy in because they saw the success, you know, and so they're going to buy into his program. And and it worked out well, you know, as as uh, erratic or. You know, we'd be at practice and we'd have a script and he would just flip it in the middle middle practice and say, we're going to this field and doing that. And now it does, the players just happily walk over there, but the staff's the one that's going crazy, panic and having to re- readjust everything, move all the equipment, yeah. all the you know water supplies, everything, you know, because he decides he wants to fix it. He, he liked to create chaos, right? But what he didn't realize was he created chaos for the staff and not for the players. You know, they showed up and did their job regardless. <laughs> But I mean, we had two two hundred million dollars in linebackers that year. You know, I mean, all four linebackers had fifty million dollar deals. You know, I mean, we were just stacked top to bottom, and it was an awesome experience. You know, the whole Alex Smith. You know, we were eight zero or seven one seven one seven zero and one or something when Alex Smith went out. You know, I mean, we were like we were good from the top, and then Kaepernick just came in the middle of the season. Like, oh, we've never seen this guy, so it was a whole new look. You know, it was kind of a blessing in the disguise at the same time. You know, and I do have to ask you. Because this is a, this is probably an overlooked part of that team that gets lost in the the shuffle. Not the most active season for this guy, but Randy Moss is around this team. I don't think people <laughs> remember that Randy oh, yeah. Moss around this I team. I did not remember that. Did you I have? Do you have so, any Randy Moss stories? Anything? You know, one of the greatest <laughs> wide receivers ever. Certainly, you know, for guys roughly our age, probably the best wide receiver we ever saw play live. And that's Randy's last stop. That's it. He's done after that Super Bowl. Uh, you have any Randy Moss stories? Yeah. So me and Randy actually got pretty close. I, I was one of his guys. He. Um, so when I was there over the summer, he, I would go in and work out every day or be around every day because I was helping out some of the other staff and. He was up there on a Sunday off day working out, and he come grabs me. He's like, "Hey, you mind you know stretching? Give me some ice cream, you know whatever one it wanted." And I was like, "Sure." You know, it's June during the NBA Finals, so we're sitting there talking. He's like, "Hey, man, you jump in the car. I'm gonna go buy you a pizza." <laughs> All right, cool. So I jump in the car, with Randy Moss, and we're 30, 40 minutes into the city to his favorite pizza place. You know, <laughs> and we sit down and we start eating. And this, the lady that works there walks up. She goes, are you Randy Moss? He goes, no, no, I'm not. I get that all the time. <laughs> you know. And so we're watching the NBA Finals. You know, he's a pizza. He's just telling me all, of, all these just awesome stories about his career and just everything he's been through. And he's like, look, I'm going to tell her who I am before I leave, but, like, I'm having dinner. I don't want to really get interrupted yet. Like, I'll do anything when we're done. So we go up after. He's like, hey, ma'am, I'm sorry. You know, I am Randy Moss. You want an autograph? She goes, no, I was just wondering. <laughs> and he was like, oh, well, okay, then. <laughs> Jump in the car and head on back. But, I mean, he was just 
he kept all the you know wide receivers are a, a, a prima donna bunch, right? And he'd been around long enough, and that that room we had had some personalities in it. I mean, Michael Crabtree, you know, Kyle Williams, Randy Moss, like just some of the some of the names that were in there. Uh, you know, he kept them all kind of from revolting, essentially. You know, when they weren't getting enough, especially you know when Kaepernick came, we, we started running a bunch, right? So you know, they want the ball. So he did a really good job of of you know helping with that. It's for, unfortunate we didn't get to you know win it, but it was an awesome, awesome experience. That is it, awesome. That's that's one of those little nuggets that you know I think people remember maybe that Tennessee situation. You know, in 2010. He called it a career, or at least we thought in 2011, then back for that 49er season. And I just think, you know, for whatever reason, the stats weren't big or, you know, Kaepernick's the story or Harbaugh, you know, they go to the Super Bowl. And, hey, Randy Moss is on that team. So I'm glad you had a Randy Moss story. That's great. Oh, yeah. That's great. And, and when you talk about loaded, I mean, gosh, the the linebackers, the I mean, I feel like everybody on this mm-hmm. was just – there were just some, Pope, some monsters. Patrick yeah. Willis. Patrick Willis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Justin a, Smith, Alden Smith. You know. Oh, yeah. Alden was just like a, a young gun then. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was just getting into his uh, his own for sure. Did, did you did you hang out with Alden, with, uh, Alden Smith too much, Brandon? Is that why? Yeah, so my primary group was the linebackers. Oh, so. shit. Man, <laughs> you told me he was the source. Uh, so, yeah, yeah so. he, he was he was uh, he was uh, he was his downfall. Yeah, Alden yeah. had too many had too many Jack and Cokes. Alden, no, no. Alden and Alvin. Alden and Alvin. That was. They left him out of the news. <laughs> me, me, Alden, and Navarro had a pretty good relationship. <laughs> so we'll just, we'll just believe it. And, and, and Patrick. I mean, I went to, you know, I got to go to Patrick Willis' house for Christmas. You know, we threw that the Christmas party was there. And, you know, although it was a fun Christmas party, they had to tell me some details the next day for sure. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, Brandon, man, I'm sure you got a, a ton of stories. And um, I appreciate you sharing uh, a ton of them uh, with us. What's um you know what's something that you have learned and you can take from your time uh, at these elite college programs at the lower level of college at the professional football level and certainly I'm sure something that you you know intended to imply initially with your business what's something you learned from your time in the league and with those college teams that just the average Joe needs to know, the average person needs to know about taking care of themselves, recovering, and, um, you know, taking their own game, so to speak, to the next level. Man, so this is going to be a little bit off off, off topic from recovery side of it, but it's something that I've taken away that I've used in all aspects of life, and it actually happened at the 49ers. So my first day walking in the building – you know, I'm walking around, you know, I'm lost, don't know what's going on. And I walk into the training room and this guy walks up. He's like, oh, hey, you must be Brandon from Clemson. And, I, and I, you know, Ray knows the story. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. You know, how are you? You know, and he walks off and I look over at Manny, the assistant. I go, Manny, who was that? He goes, that's the GM, dude. You didn't look at the website? <laughs> and so, you know, that was such a big moment for me because it's like, you know, the GM knew who this lowly intern was. And it was because of my Clemson rep, you know, reputation. But I, from there, I took on it's KYP, know your personnel, you know, know your people. So in everything, everywhere else I went, you know, I made sure to study, you know, find out everything I need. Any business meeting I go to now, anything we do, 
you know, it's all research and, you know, what you're going to be around and who you're going to be around because you got to forge those relationships to be successful regardless, whether it's with athlete and business world, you know, working with individual people, you know, that's, that's the biggest part of it. Good preparation. Good preparation. Hey, Brandon, I, I, I can tell that story from my point of view if you want. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can't get to all the good stories on this one. We'll have to we'll have to convince Brandon to come back on with some more stories a little bit. <laughs> R-rated podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I had, I had to tell Brandon, like, hey, like, we're, we're, we're not going to be R-rated on here just yet, like, uh, to keep the stories to, <laughs> to that. But uh, he's got some great ones. I've heard so much about him. And we're lucky to have him on, and we'd love to keep having him on for multiple episodes. Brandon, tell us one more time uh, about what you got going on, and and where the folks can find you, and and um, you know what the immediate future for Integrated Health is, and maybe what the the far future is for Integrated Health. Yeah, definitely. So um, you know, it's Integrated Health. Our website's integrated-health.com. Uh, you know, we have Instagram at integrated-health. Uh, you, know, you can find us on Instagram as well. Um, we're not huge in the social media yet. We're getting there. You know, it's me trying to to run a lot of that. We're, we're fairly small in what we're doing. You know, we just have a lot of partnerships developed. Um, right now, I mean, we're just excited about these mobile ad units that we're deploying for the COVID testing. You know, I mean, any any big companies, anybody that needs you know 500 or more tests in a day, you know, we're single source, sole source. We show up on site, give you the results to five, within 24 hours, and we're out there. You know, we can do it weekly, monthly, it doesn't matter. So, I mean, reaching out for any of the, you know, any of that. But we're, we're expanding our testing lines. I mean, we're going to get into the RSV, the flu, you know, complete blood panels for gyms, all kind of things like that. Because having these mobile units, we can make, you know, testing more accessible and results a lot faster than these big corporate labs that are taking three to five days to get your results, you know, because we're sole source and we're staffed properly. So we're excited about that mission. And then moving forward, I, always, I want to get back into the, you know, the musculoskeletal game and the injury prevention game. You know, we have an exciting software that we use, you know, to do some FMS screening and, and video capture and stuff like that. So, you know, we always want to help the, any employer, anybody that wants to get better and feel better. You know, that's kind of our mission. Integrated-health.com, correct? I want to make sure. Definitely. Integrated-health.com. There you go. Brandon Albin, our guest here on the Accelerator Covered Podcast. Brandon, we appreciate it. Ray Martinez was in, guest hosting with us, and always the founder of the future of recovery, Bart Jameson. Don't forget to check out the website, get your Accelerate Recovery powder, and don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast, which you can get wherever you get your podcasts.